was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're talking about is TikTok faking viral? Hmm. Eminem's getting some backlash for the new mascot. We have a new creator of the week. We have a Instagram comedian turning into a seven-figure uh, headlining tour. And then, uh, of course, we got to end it with TikTok as well. Are they hypocritical or not? Moose, how we feel about this episode? Yeah, this is the first time that we start going behind the scenes a little bit and really start to show what the, like, almost the behind the scenes of the blueprint, if that makes sense. So this should be a really cool episode, man. Y'all need to tap in. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that actually just released a whole new version, 4.0, that allows you to have video isolation, audio isolation, really dope transitions, text, everything that you may need, camera switching, the whole nine, everything that we do, in Nikki and Moose is done on Ecamm Live. So if you want your 14 day trial, please go to www.nikkiandmoose.com slash Ecamm. That's E-C-A-M-M. Come on. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> Let's go. So Let's if you're go. brand new, yes, I get very excited after I say all that because that's very hard to say. Okay. It's very yeah. hard. Uh, Moose, how we feeling? Man, feeling good, man. Feeling good. Just uh, continuing my good streak, riding from the uh, end of last year, well into this new year. Was it January 28th at the time that we're recording this, almost February. And uh, things are still running smooth, man. So I'm super grateful. Really excited. Got to spend some time with the fam today, ran some errands, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good it's a good time. I'm excited for this podcast, though. That's for sure. I think I hit you like Thursday. It's like, hey, I'm excited to record. Are, are you excited to record? It's just, <laughs> are you excited to record? I was, I was very confused by that. I was like, it was so random. I was like, are you excited like, to record a podcast? I yeah. was like... I was actually trying to make it like a funny thing. Like, are you excited? I'm excited. So, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I'm looking well, forward I'm to it. I'm always excited. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you read, you read things too much into it. Like, what's he trying to say? Like, yeah. was he never excited? Is he just getting excited? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, we're reading things. Um, yeah. yeah. So for me, um, I'm tired of being a homeowner. Mm. I'm tired of it. Uh, you have to fix everything. Uh, my water heater, like, like stopped working. Found out I have a. 11 year old water heater had to be replaced. I'm like, what? So, uh, cold showers, uh, was my 
thing for the week and it was horrible, okay? I don't know why there's a recent trend. We were talking about this earlier. Why is there a recent trend of these like ice plunges where everybody's getting this like baby pool uh, mm-hmm. that you put ice in, which they're paying so much. <laughs> Just get a baby pool, okay? Get you a baby pool, put ice in it and they just sit there for God knows how long. I'm not doing it. I'm not voluntarily going to be cold. I don't want to do that. But uh, my water heater made me have cold showers. It woke me up, though. I will say that. It, I was up. I was, I was out of here. I was like, whoo, what are we doing? I'm here. Hello. All my little tasks will be done in the next five minutes because I am up. <laughs> right? However... Um, having this, having this crib, I, I forgot. I was so frustrated. I I think I was talking to Aaron, shout out to Aaron. Uh, and I was like, bump this. I, I curse people. So I didn't say really bump, but, uh, bump this. Uh, I want a super, I want, I want somebody to fix my stuff. Take care of everything. Okay. Yeah. I want. I'm jealous of my mom because she owns but still has a super. She has a co-op. I don't know how that works. I need to learn co-op language. I want to know what that means, right? But she has a super. I want a super. I don't want to worry about plumbing, right? And the, here's a real reason. This is a little rant. I apologize. And then we're going to get into this episode. I hate when you have a problem and then you call somebody to go fix the problem. And then when they come, there's no problem. I hate it. I had to, I had an issue with my garbage disposal. When the plumber came, there was no issue. He's like, I don't see the problem. Mm. I was like, of course you don't. Because it always happens. Same thing with tech. happens with the iPhones. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Same things Pull with tech. Apple you Apple store, your phones start working immediately. Right. It knows. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. the person who is, I was, and then I said, and I said, I was like, maybe it just needed your touch. I'm okay with it. Two days later, watch, it's going to, come up with gunk again it's just I, mm-hmm. I am so frustrated with being a homeowner that like <laughs> I've had it I promise you my house has been flooded about two times wow it, it's ridiculous I'm over it I don't they say be a homeowner okay check can I go back to renting now can I just but you're paying the man I don't care I pay for convenience I will pay for convenience I'm over this. I'm that so really is over you. this. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, that really is you. Yeah. Gated, chilling, mm-hmm. security guard, doorman, whatever. Give me that. Give me that. Like now that's gonna be a little expensive. But mm-hmm. give me that. I don't want I don't want this no more. I don't I'm good. I'm sorry. Okay. My bad. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. I had a moment. I had a moment. My homeowners understand, okay? My homeowners understand. It's fair. It's just, it's too much. It's too much. But anyways, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get into, let's this, get into episode. this episode. <laughs> let's get into this episode. Let's get into this episode. Okay, so, uh, of course, the first uh, part is the what's popping part and this segment is sponsored by deeper than the brand the number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand grow a social media presence and build digital wealth go to 
I was about to say www. Why am I doing www? <laughs> Go to deeperthanthebrand.com for more information. Now, this is for all my TikTok people who or who have been interested in starting TikTok. TikTok. Wow, look at me not talking again. So, have you ever wondered when you go on your little for you page why certain videos have so many views or why a certain creator continues to pop up on your for you page? Well, Forbes have reported that TikTok employees and a massive amount of TikTok employees has this button, this manual button that they could push to kind of manipulate how, what we see on the For You page. So they could press it and it gives this video way more views than it should. Or that this creator continues to pop up on your For You page and get all the views. Now, supposedly, this is done like courting the creator or courting the new brands, right? Where, hey, come to TikTok. Come on. I'm here for you. Come on. Watch what we can do. Press this button. Watch what we can do. Press this button, right? And so once Forbes kind of talked about it, there was a whole uproar about it. Like, oh my God, what? TikTok is not as organic as it said it was. Blah, 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 blah. Great. Okay. Um, here's my thing. If you think not, how do I want to put this? If you think social media platforms don't, all of them don't have this particular button. Come on now. Like this, let's not, let's not play. Okay. Let's not do that. I do believe that maybe the alarming part about it is that so many employees have this button. I will say that. Maybe that's the alarming part. But to say, oh, my God, TikTok can man. First off, it's probably still a small percentage of what we honestly see. Two, this is just the game that we are in. These platforms wants creators. These platforms want brands. They have to prove that, hey, you being here is going to work. We're going to make sure it works. Boom. Look, you went viral. Boom. Look, you got all the followers. Boom. I'm, I'm not surprised by this. We've seen it with YouTube. We've seen it with Facebook. We've, I mean, this is not, now they're not saying, yeah, we do this. We do this. We do this. But we know it happens. If we continuously see um, certain creators pop up over and over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden they're at VidCon that YouTube sponsors. Come on now. Like this is not, it's not a coincidence. So what I will say is I do wish that TikTok was a little bit more transparent because of course, Forbes went and talks to an ex-employee, you know, then these reports come out, but TikTok never sat and said, hey, this is what we do. I think the only platform that is starting to be tran transparent about their life is Instagram. Shout out to Adam. But even that, he, he 
even Adam dropped a video that made us go around and around about shadow banning because somebody asked, yo, is shadow banning a real thing? And he was like, well, uh, if you go against the community guidelines, certain things could happen. And, but he never said yes or no. It was like such a whirlwind of questions. It was weird. But if these platforms would be transparent, we would know what to expect with our experience. But because these platforms are not transparent, we kind of expect one thing and then get very hurt and feel uh, disrespected or, uh, you know, kind of confused of like, yo, I thought I would get a fair shot. Be transparent. Allow the users to understand what they're going to experience and we'll be good. But for right now, people are mad at TikTok, but that does not stop them from posting. That does not stop them oh. from watching or any of that. But this is something that has been reported. Let us know what you think about uh, TikTok. Oh, I didn't tell you what it's called. It's called heating. That's what it's called. It's called heating. TikTok. Uh, has this process called heating where people could press a button and boom, you could go viral or you could get more views or you could show more up on the For You page. So that's what TikTok is doing. Uh, this Super interesting. Super <laughs> interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, more, more on TikTok at the end of the episode. So make sure to stay locked in while we uh, bring in Mr. CEO of TikTok himself to mm. uh, discuss uh, another segment here. Mm. But uh, moving on to what's popping in the business world, a little bit, uh, I guess, of of marketing on this one, not completely a business move. I think the business move will unfold at a later time. But as for now, it is a marketing headline. So M&Ms will take an indefinite pause from its spokes candies per a statement posted on their Instagram. So the Mars Wrigley candy brand is doing away with their candy mascots and they're replacing them with Maya Rudolph, who is an actress, for reasons to maybe be later discovered at a later time. So as I guess as I didn't even notice, to be honest with you, but I guess this is something that was actively happening as of last year. They made the decision to make their mascots more inclusive. They wanted to show themes of inclusion and diversity. And so they started to show more colorful mascots starting last January to show that the brand is about that. And so it seems as though that didn't go too well for them. But here's what they posted on their Instagram. They said, America, let's talk. In the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice, and we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&Ms wanted since we're all about bringing people together. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Ms. Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. 
So I don't know whether to insert a uh, womp womp here. Or I got you. I got you. <laughs> like, no way. I got you. Yeah, to really to be determined. But from a marketing standpoint, this is a bit interesting, right? We've seen this happen, especially around Super Bowl time, where brands will pull this marketing PR stunt to get people's attention and shift everyone's energy toward their brand and what they're trying to do to announce or maybe showcase a new product line, something, right? We saw it happen last year with Mr. Peanut, I believe, where they almost made it seem as though Mr. Peanut was going away and then they made a move there. So everyone is predicting that being that they're projecting Maya to make her first public appearance during the Super Bowl ad, they're predicting that maybe this is just a PR stunt to rattle things up and then we will see what will actually happen. So I guess let us know, man. Do you are you a fan of the uh, Eminem mascots? Are you with Eminem Maya? I don't know what 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 y'all feeling on this, but for sure, be on the lookout for this man because there's always a lesson. And you know, I actually favor it. Just your sentiments apart, right? I want you to look at both sides of it. There's one perspective that's going to always tell you, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Obviously, M&M's, especially when it, I feel like it's hard to change things that adults have childhood memories with. Yep. I can, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm an adult who still remembers trick-or-treating and doing all this craziness around M&M's, right? It's such a common thing. And so, right? And then to see that change now, it's like, whoa, it's shocking, right? And that's the part of the shocking factor or the shock factor that gets people wanting to attack you. And by the way, people have not been happy with them. They've been going at them in the comments of that post pretty strongly, which of course is understandable. But on the other side, there's always, you can always use that shock factor to something more positive, right? And that's why I said, there's, there's that part, there's that uh, small marketer in me who's saying, hmm, what's next? Could this mean something, right? You just never know. And so just always want to think about it from two sides of the spectrum. So when, uh, when thinking about pulling a surprise to your audience, or your customers, maybe you can take a page out of Eminem's uh, book here. But wait until you see what actually happens, because I don't want you to take a page out of their book, quite honestly, if they flop on this one and people start to really be mad at Maya. So give it a second. But that's what we got on this side, Nick's. Hey. Let us know what you think about the what's popping section. But of course, we got to talk about the creator of the week. And the creator of the week is none other than Wall Street Trapper from the trap to Wall Street. And we've uh, had trap on our episode. I believe it was episode 66. So if you have not seen that or heard that, go check episode 66. But this week he released a new video series called Building the Brand which is uh, a series that allows us to see behind the scenes of him growing everything from his network, which he talked about on our episode, from his merch line, from uh, growing his studio and whatever else 
talked about taxes and it is so dope. I saw the first episode. Actually, uh, we in Deeper Than The Brand had a whole watch uh, party to watch the first episode and kind of break down like what parts to pay attention to. Yo, what software did he use? Yo, this is what it, if you haven't seen his Trap in Tuesdays, it is a whole production, like whole production. And so he had, of course, we have a clip from the building of the brand, but it's really dope to see. So my audio listeners listen, listen, of course, my video people uh, check this out. Go watch, we're gonna build it. Now, remember when I came here, we ain't had nothing in here. It was dark in here, so we had to put all these lights up, all this, man. So, y'all gonna watch me over the next couple years turn this into something phenomenal. And it's, it's really focused on showing you how to, you don't always see it. You build it as you go, but you gotta believe in yourself more than anything. And that's the thing, don't let the money be the reason why you ain't accomplishing something. I know that may sound hard, but I'm just being real with you. These are facts, and I had the pleasure uh, on the day that it was released to be on his Instagram live to talk about it. Cause he's like, yo, Nikki, we talking about branding. What up? Get on. Um, and what's cool about what he's doing is bringing brand awareness to what he's doing. So meaning he's putting it on his wall street trapper YouTube page and he has two pages. He has that page and Wall Street looks like us now network page, which is where Trappin' Tuesdays, his live show that he does every Tuesday, is hosted on. Cool. He does the, the behind the brand, the more personal side, because people know of the man on the page that has the higher following to then put awareness to uh, Trappin' Tuesdays. Now he's also opening it up to where, oh, there's merch, right? And he's going to be showing more of the merch to when it's finally there to release people who are already suckered into this, not suckered in a bad way, but who have invested their time into this series is now going to instantly want the merch because they saw it start from nothing to something. So I think it's a very genius uh play that he is doing where he understands the people want to see more from him from a behind the scenes thing. He already has from what he told me 10 episodes in the chamber, which is crazy, right? Wow. 10 episodes in the chamber. So it's going to take you to through certain things that he's launching, wanting uh, a part of he's planning on a tour. So that's probably going to be something that you're going to see about. It teaches how to really take your audience through a journey. So I think that was a super dope play. Shout out to Trap. We may have to get him back on the podcast to, to break this down. But he definitely, definitely deserves creator of the week. What you think about that, Moose? Fire. Nah, man. Trap, Trap is doing some incredible things, man. Such a genuine brother. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking to him and uh, his podcast or his podcast. His episode with us was phenomenal, man. Super transparent. He literally told us everything. I'm talking yeah. about he hit 
he was hiding nothing on that episode. So now super excited for him and what a way to build a connection because it's true when you start having or amassing such large number of followers on pretty much all platforms and he's doing great on every platform, there does there is a little bit of a distance that starts to develop between you and your audience. And I think that's a great move to start bridging the gap. So he's always active on live, which really shows his personality and shows he's there watching, you know, opening bell and he's on his tank top, just chilling, showing you with his notebook, studying, he's prepping for the show live with you. So he's, he's been doing it. I think the fact that he now puts the production behind it and really stamps it as an official show is a great way to really get people to buy into him, his personality. And who knows what that can mean for himself and his brand down the line. So Great move, man. Um, I, I started watching it before we rec we were recording, but I'm definitely going to go back and check out that first episode. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Shout out to Jose, who's in the in the episode. And shout out to Connie, uh, who's also in the episode. So it's, it's, it's it, yeah, it's definitely really great to see. And then you need to go into the studio. You will be really amazed at how huge that joint is mm. like it's it's very inspiring i will say that but that set that he did is like like a little portion of what is really there wow like just wow. a little portion and the fact that that thing cost twelve thousand mm. dollars crazy crazy he yeah he gets really detailed about everything so definitely go check out uh the building the brand on Wall Street Trappers YouTube page. Yeah, me. But let's talk about the blueprint and we have to bring up this kid who wanted to be a sports broadcaster, but now has become one of the biggest IG comedians, but wants to be known more than that. He's a CEO. He is a uh, actor. He has opened for some of your favorite artists, Chris Brown, Little Baby, J. Cole, Jack Harlow. Talking about Drewski. And Drewski has been killing it lately with the could could have been records, lives. Uh, he's been on all these different platforms, pretty much promoting his tour which we'll get into in a little bit later. But something that I wanted to point out from a blueprint standpoint about Drewski is that he started off on social media and it took him a minute to actually come outside, as we like to say, right? Kind of do his own stand-up or comedic situations in real life person. And he recently had an interview with Shannon Sharp and talking about a conversation that he had with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart was like, yo, stop being a fill in the blank. Right. And it really came from saying, yo, you are really dope at what you do. Like stop staying behind the camera. Like you're bigger than that. And so, uh, he actually spoke about this on Shannon Sharp, and I actually want to talk and break that down real quick. Were you afraid to go out on your own? Um, you you could say that. I think it's 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 something that kind of 
gets stuck to some people who do social media. Right. Because you get the fame of being on camera first. Right. Being on your own phone camera. Right. Which gives you a comfortable right. feeling, you know. Right. With, uh, with that, it's almost backwards because for them, they had to start before they got onto a camera. Correct. They had to go and do right. it in front of people. Right. So it's like a complete 100% flip. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of like what he was telling me and just letting me know that is like, bro, get, get out there and do your thing. And so this is interesting to me because I never really thought about how social media can stop you from really taking it to a new level in the outside world. And I'm actually a little bit of a product of that too, but to, to see like, yo, you gain so much success. I think, I believe uh, when it comes to Instagram, he has about 5 million followers uh, to this date. Right. Um, And probably so many more on these other platforms. And to say, hey, I'm cool. Like, I'm beyond successful over here. Nah, do uh, act over here. Uh, open for me over here. And he was really nervous and was like, uh, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I never done this. Yo, do something on your own. Be in front of people. In real, like, I didn't think that was going to be such a hard transition until we talked about that when it happened to Mr. Beast, uh, if y'all remember, we we covered that where he actually is a huge introvert and he can talk to a camera with no problem, but talk to other people, that's a, that is a problem. Now, even though Drewski is a whole extrovert, it's still something you have to get accustomed to. And now that I look at it, even for myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm super comfortable behind a camera. We could do mm-hmm. this all day. Um, but like, I wouldn't say necessarily live events because when I'm on stage, I'm still good. Right. right. But when it comes to the crowds, I'm like, mm, yeah, this is a uh, different people. Hold on. What are we, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't turn you off. I can't press end. <laughs> I can't log me? off. Right. Right, right, right. I can't press end. Like, what are we? You're still here. Oh, I turned around. You're still here. Okay. So I actually wanted your take on, you know, that kind of gap of where before, like you said, you had to be on stage. You had to be in networking events. You had to really be outside to truly be known. Right. But when we are in this day and age, you can get super famous through your phone, stay on your phone and you're good. But now when it's time for public appearances or taking it to a new level and being on stages and doing collaborations and that whole nine, then there's a bit of a hesitation. There's, am I still going to be good? Is this going to make sense? Do I have what it really takes? I've been in this comfort zone for so long. This right here, I know how to control this. I don't know how to control that over there. And that can be a little intimidating. So what do you think about that that gap? Yeah, it it has it has this feel of 
what people consider the fear of public speaking in a sense, right? That's how I translate it because right. to some extent, talking to people is still a very scary thing. Yes. And I know, I know we're far away from the pandemic and COVID and all of these things, but that was a very strange time because for a lot of people, that was the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. And for others, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Mm -hmm. But it puts us into this new reality of saying, okay, when I'm going back outside, I have to acclimate back to society and all of these interpersonal skills and being able to get a sense or a pulse for people's emotions and feelings and how to connect with them and communicate. But furthermore, like you said, I can't just click a button in a controlled environment and completely disconnect. It takes more, even from everything from having to prepare, to travel, to attend, and getting back home. I mean, it's a completely different environment. And now when you have to do that back to back to back to back to back, right? When you're talking about hitting different comedy clubs for stand-up skits or, or stand-up opportunities, I should say, or going on tour, that's a totally different beast than mm -hmm. doing an entire, I don't know, call it summit, mastermind, whatever it is at least into our world on the camera where you just know that two hour window is all that you need and it's over. So it's a different, it's a different mentality and I can see the perspective of it and why it can feel a little bit intimidating, but it, I love that he's getting almost this level of mentorship from someone like a Kevin Hart and yeah. others in the industry, because you see what's on the other side of being able to conquer that fear or expand your reach and give people that live presence. I mean, just going back to, you know, highlighting trap with what he's doing. It's that, it's that similar move, but saying, Hey, come, come on the inside and see what we're doing. So also going to the people to be able to see it. Yeah. So it's a good way to bridge the gap. I, I believe there's always a gap in certain crafts. So meaning, right. Um, for, if we're talking about public speaking, some people, need to prepare, have the slides, that whole nine. They necessarily can't just go on stage and kill it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's some that can, right? But would suck at preparing, reading slides, doing that whole nine. Then when we think about music, it's almost the same thing. Some people can kill it on writing, suck at freestyle, and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a gap at in in your industry, in your niche, in your craft. And I think if you realize that one part of it is your comfort zone and you're you're going to want to stay in your comfort zone because you have mastered that you are probably at the top of your class of that. But to be a well-rounded uh person in your niche, in your market, to be known to some as the mogul, to some as the top entrepreneur or just top of the class, top tier, you're going to have to bridge that gap, right? So for him, it was, you know, social media and real life, right? For others, it could be some of the examples that I said, 
but there is always going to be a gap. And, and I'm realizing that as well, that, okay, I could kill it here. Now it's time to better prepare. Now is time to have a bit more systems. If I'm trying to be this top tier, uh, whatever, right? Not, not labeling myself just yet, but right. Then I have to be well-versed and not just be, okay, Nikki's good on lives, right? Nikki's good at when anybody throws in a, in a topic, boom, not comparing to Drewski, not comparing to anybody else. I'm just speaking on my situation to where now we're writing out the podcast episodes. Now, right. you know, we're having more conversations because yeah, this worked, but I think staying in your comfort zone can only work for so long. And then to get to new levels, you have to get outside of your comfort zone. And if we pay attention to anybody that we've covered in the blueprint section, they've all gotten out of their comfort zone. They've, they've acknowledged their comfort zone. They've mastered their comfort zone. But once they mastered it, they had to get out of it. And for him, he's now has a production uh, company in almost the same uh, mirror as Kevin Hart, because he, Kevin Hart, you know, he looks up to Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, he has uh, could have been could have been records. Right. Which we're getting into next, where these are his Instagram lives where he brings on talent that. He got, let's say he got the inspiration from like American Idol, where we always looked at the auditions and we loved Mm -hmm. the ones who messed up. Right. Mm -hmm. So his, his lives are pretty much of those that pretty much could have been. And it's been so successful. I mean, you get like hundreds, 200,000 people on these lives watching. Drake has made an appearance. Ice Spice has made an appearance. Uh, Kevin Hart has made an appearance, like so many celebrities have made an appearance, but there's so many people that actually jump on and uh, have fun or really truly show their talent. I remember watching one where this dude was like belly rolling and punching and sing and like dancing to Chris Brown. It was the most hilarious thing. And, and Drewski's face is classic, right? But this is where... One, when you create a series, you don't know the different opportunities it can make, right? So I'm going to let you hear it. I think there was so much virality behind it, like millions of tweets. I'll see like my name and could have been records be like the number one trend of names in the U.S. after I go live, you know, um, 200,000 people live at once watching Could've Been Records, so it's just been crazy. We got so many big plans. We're, we're actually pitching Could've Been Records as a TV show right now to like some of the biggest networks. Like, honestly, like we've been in meetings with some of the biggest networks. And I don't even know if I, can I speak on this? But I would always watch the people that hopped on and did like this crazy, whatever they did, they were dancing, singing, yeah. uh, what, the dude with the toilet, whatever, <laughs> and I would watch their pages, and these people would really have like a fan base going to follow them after the live is over. Like the whole thing will be over and I'll still follow them just to watch. Come on, power of influence. What you think about that, Boos? Man, honestly, it's it's 
anytime, and, and I think it's becoming more and more evident, especially as we continue to go through a lot of different episodes and a lot of different people's strategies in a way. And I don't know if you guys caught that, but just by him sing, simply saying, from people coming on the live, they started to establish their own fan base. That's, that's, that's a part of the tactic or, or maybe even the ingredient, I would say, that goes into all of this, right? Sometimes having the, the wherewithal to provide a platform for others, to highlight other people, especially one that's supportive and wants to see others grow and progress and follow their journey, that's one of the best ways to become successful. It's, it's, it, takes a, it takes a lot, don't get me wrong, it's one of the hardest things to do, but it's also a very selfless thing to do because you're helping other people really get discovered, right? Which is, which is phenomenal. And so I love that and being able to see how the show has grown. And, and I think I told you before this, I really didn't, I saw, I, saw, I saw a short video of him earlier in the week. So it's funny that we talked about him you know, on the podcast today. But outside of that, I didn't know too, too much about him. But I would be, I mean, man, 100 or 200,000 people watching live. That, uh, that, might, that might be better than some TV shows, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> that's, that's some incredible numbers. So definitely strategic and smart on their part to say, all right, let's start bridging the gap or, you know, going back to that term and figuring out what's the next move. And I would even argue that a show is probably makes more sense than doing something live, you know, because it's, it's the similar environment. You do have a little bit more control over that space versus when you're on stage and people are right there and can boo you off and throw a tomato at your head. <laughs> it's a, that's a different beast. No, I, I agree. I, I think this is a, a great example of series and how important it is when we are thinking about our content to always do at least one thing that is episodic that people are looking forward to coming to over and over and over again, whether it's once a week, whether it's two times a week, right? Um, of course, the most common things are lives and podcasts and YouTube, uh, you know, YouTube series. Those are some of, you know, the most popular ones to get into, but that doesn't, mean that you couldn't do other things. What Drewski did was create a Instagram live that people would look forward to every single week. And this is what I'm saying for people to consider, not have to, but consider having a series when it comes to their content strategy. Because now this is something that if it grows, if you do something successful, like a podcast, like a live show, like a YouTube series. This is all data that you can give and pitch to networks, pitch to uh, other shows, get discovered. And other people may be like, hey, we want you on here. Or we want you to, to have this different type of opportunity. These are different types of bodies of work. Different series are bodies of works that shows, look at all the things I can do. This is something that, it, this is literally a show like what we used to see from American Idol, American Idol with the bloopers and everything. He's literally making that into a show. Yo, all the people who could have been 
come through. We're, we're going to uh, critique you and see how it is. Let the world know. Now people are looking forward to this. It's entertaining. Are we creating series that people are looking forward to every week? Are we creating series that could continues to put body of work under our belt? Are we creating series that can be bigger than just that initial live, that first episode of the podcast? Now it's not even a podcast, it's a show, right? This YouTube series that now is on Hulu or Netflix. We have to be intentional with what we create. Sometimes it's just very organic. It just happens to grow on its own. But we still want to be intentional with what we're creating for our content and the different types of bodies of work that we have for our brand. It's like a resume. This is what I have. This is what I can do. In this year, you don't want to just post to post. You don't want to just create to create. You want to have things that people could see turn into further opportunities, turn into advertising dollars, turn into uh, different product placements. You want to set your content up to these different types of opportunities so you don't have to be wasting time just saying, yo, I'm just creating to create. The social media doesn't work. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Cater to your audience and opportunities will come abundantly, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Just saying. Just saying. Anyways, uh, let us know what you think about the blueprint. Like we said, um, with Drewski, it was that gap mastering the gap to truly embody your your craft as well as um creating series to provide future opportunities these are different things that you could apply to your brand and business and it would be so fire if you did okay so take some of these blueprints that we are giving you guys put it in a pot figure out what your brand and business is going to be about okay now for this or that, actually, uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me do this right. Let me do this right. Hold on. Uh, this or that, this segment is sponsored by Flight Assessment. Discover your personal superpower and learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. Once again, that's flightassessment.com. Now, move set this up because you gave this to me and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, man. So very interesting, right? TikTok CEO, Mr. Chu, Chu. Uh, went, uh, was doing an interview and he was asked about just the different privacy settings and uh, how TikTok shows up in different parts of the world. And this has been a controversy that's happened for several years now. As we know, they were on the verge of being banned completely in the U.S. It got worked out. It came back up again. So they're in this constant battle back and forth because of their privacy settings or just what they allow right, to, to become more trending 
uh, in different parts of the world. And so he was asked by the person interviewing him. He said, do you allow your children to use TikTok? And let's see what his response is. So you have two kids. I do. Do they use TikTok? They're too young for that. So what, uh, at what ages are they? Uh, eight and six. Okay. TikTok is here in the U.S. If you're below the ages of, if you're below 13, you get a very restricted version of TikTok. And in many other countries around the world, we don't allow users who are below 13. Now, if you're a parent here and your teenage child is on TikTok, go to settings. There's family pairing. Click on it. It's going to give you a lot of tools to manage your your teenager's experience. Man, man, listen. If the if the TikTok look, think about it like this. Let's not even talk about TikTok for a second because I don't want to make it about TikTok. If you were the owner of a specific company, right? Say, let's say you're the owner of a uh, a cookie brand, right? Nikki and I like cookies. We love desserts. Hmm. Uh, Nikki's getting me some awesome cookies that are supposed to arrive. So I'm already planning on spending some extra time in the gym this week, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm getting myself prepared. If I'm a uh, the owner of a cookie brand that is global, just off the chain, super trending. Everyone knows about it. Millions of customers, just everywhere. And I'm doing everything I can to grow this company. But I don't allow my own children to eat the cookies. Mm. That's got to tell you something's up. You got to be mm. like, hold on a second. So you're doing all of this. Mm. To get people to eat your stuff. But why are you not letting your kids eat the cookies, man? Mm. Like, what's up with that? That has to make you wonder. And so, I, in all fairness, I respect what he said. Yes, there's privacy settings and you have the freedom to do that. But it is a bit concerning if the immediate answer... And, I, and just for the listeners, man, I don't know if, if you heard that because he said it quickly under his breath. The answer to the question was no. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like a surprise quick. No, like, no, like, no, I'm not <laughs> definitely not. So just something to think about, man. And it definitely has me in like, uh, heck, maybe I shouldn't be using TikTok. Mm. Interesting. Right. It's like, man, you, you got to believe in your product. So I don't know. That's that's my stance on that. What do you think, Nix? Um, I took it a little different. I took it as uh, uh the U.S. is messed up. Mm. If, if you pay attention to what he said, oh, U.S., under 13, they have a restricted view, right? They have a restricted view. Everywhere else in the world, they're not allowed. So he's not wrong for saying, hey, my kids, eight, six, whatever, I don't know. Something around there? No, of course they're not. Why? Because nowhere in the world besides the U.S. allows kids to see TikTok. Mm. Yeah. Right? Which makes it be like, well, if everybody else is doing it and you're not, who's the bad person? Who's in mm. the wrong? Who needs to look at themselves? Right? That's good perspective. Yeah. And so... I'm wondering, like, 
when you look at this battle of TikTok and U.S. and it's going to get banned, it's not going to get banned. It's good, this, like, is it us or is it them? I'm just, I'm being well, honest. The, is it us or here, is it them? Here's the thing that I, that I always go back to. It's the fact that certain types of content are shown and prioritized in different parts of the world. And so okay. I don't know, I don't know if you, if you've seen that clip, that clip, I might've sent it to you. It's probably like a year and a half. I always go back to it. I forget, I forget who was on it, but I think it was a conversation with Gary Vee and okay. they were saying that, and, and not to take it to an extreme, but it was right around this, right? It's like the modern day warfare isn't fought on the battlefield. It's fought using technology because okay. if I can make your generation fall behind because I programmed them to like different types of content and do different types of things than how I'm programming my children. I've got you beat 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. So if what we're, if, if what our young people are seeing go viral are these, you know, memes and mm -hmm. silly challenges and all these craziness that we see on the internet today, Versus what others in, say, different parts of the world, they're seeing things like engineering and all of these different cool things. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually spot on because that's true. 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, the, the two generations that over time, that's a tremendous gap that eventually begins to impact just the two societies, right? So I, I do see how that is detrimental. Now, of course, like would I allow my children to be on TikTok as early as six or eight? No, I, I agree with him, right? Like, of course, I guess mm -hmm. you got to say that because we're recording a podcast and I got to disagree because like, hey, it's okay. fun to disagree sometimes. Okay. But, but, but no, I mean, I, I think more so it's, it's, I don't even know what you would call that, but why, why allow different types of content to get more FaceTime on the platform? And but not have those having that equality across the board, you know? But is that a TikTok problem or is that a social media problem? Like because you're saying a generational only, problem? I or, mean, or, I think it's uh, just a social media problem, platform. It's a platform problem. It, it's just that TikTok has all the attention, right? It has the attention of the youth. If Facebook had the attention of the youth, we've we've covered here that Facebook shows a whole bunch of negative and and uh, false videos the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that got under some fire. But because the kids aren't on there and kids are more, you know, impressionable, or I think that's the word, me trying to use big words, I don't know. You know what I meant. They, they get uh, influenced very easily, okay? If... Maybe that's why they're they're saying that, but I believe we go from video games. Video games is the worst. And da -da -da. Rap music. Da -da -da. And I believe, and this is not, I promise you, this is not no shade, but I believe we just try to point the blame when we just don't look at the household. Oh, the kids are doing this. Okay, then don't get them on there. 
That's that's really on you. Mm. Just don't get them on there. Right? But I mean, and and this is from a kid who was on video games, watching TV all the time. This I came out great. I was not influenced to to uh shoot nobody. I was not influenced to do anything harmful to myself. I was not depressed because of all the things that I saw. Now, granted, we're in a different day and age and people can, there's different people who get influenced in different ways. I support it. I understand it. I'm not trying to be, you know, insensitive. But I still stand on if the whole world says we're not allowing our kids until they get to 13 and yet we have little nine-year-olds, eight-year-olds going viral over here. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just the way it is. That's just, it's not, it's not a platform issue. I, I believe it's not a platform issue. I believe it's an us issue. We just don't like blaming us. That's okay. We just have to like, just stop blaming platforms. But I am mad at him that he doesn't have a kid on, on there because Mm -hmm. you only, the U S is only a percentage of the world. So if the percentage of the world goes viral by doing this, okay, cool. That's not the world. That's what they're doing over there. They do that. Okay, great. My kids don't have to do that. Over here, we don't do that. On this continent, we don't do that. On this side of the world, we don't do that. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. hey. I like that mentality, though. Like, take take ownership instead of, mm. yeah. I like that. Listen, shout out to TikTok. But uh, employees, since I've I, I covered y'all, can y'all push that button on the Nikki and Moose TikTok? Mm. Y'all do that. <laughs> you push that button on the Nikki and Moose TikTok. You know what I mean, like, I'm I didn't say it was wrong to have the button. I'm just saying, can you use it over here? Okay, bring that over here, boy. But um, anyways, uh. Shout out to everybody who's reached this part of the episode. That means you've reached the end and we appreciate you. We love you. Um, Actually, on our latest post, do me a favor. Just say, yo, Nikki, we at the end. Moose, I'm I'm listening to the end. Okay? Just go to the latest post. I listen to the whole episode and let us know what you think about the episode. Okay? Leave us a review. Let us know, yo, this episode was fire. I learned this, this, that, and third. Please, that's how we know this is working or not. So do that. And of course, uh, we got the after show. Go check out the after show. It's only for Apple Podcasts. So if you don't have Apple Podcasts, go grab your iPad or something of an Apple product and jump on Apple Apple Podcasts. I can't even talk, of course, because it's late. Um, And then follow us on every social media platform including tiktok at nikki and moose moose final words yeah man quick reminder for you that you're not a failure because you have weaknesses 
but if you choose to rely on them or never do anything about acknowledging them, the chances of failure greatly increase. So this week, don't fight it. Just look for ways to overcome them.